Welcome to Entrepreneur Decoded, the show which reveals the habits, fears, failures, and joys of today's most inspiring and successful entrepreneurs seven days a week. Now, here's your host, Simon Sander. Let's get into the show, Clayton Morris. Welcome, Clayton. Uh, thanks so much for having me. Clayton Morris is a news anchor, a husband, and father of two. When he's not interviewing presidential candidates, he's building a successful real estate investing business, um, helping investors buy their first rental property and build financial freedom. After some big failures, he's learned how to build a meaningful life. Uh, Clayton, take a minute to fill in some gaps from the intro and give us a little glimpse of your personal life. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm a news anchor and uh you know, you work for a, a paycheck when you're a news anchor. It sounds glamorous and it sounds nice and fun and it has been. I've loved television since a child, but you know, I wanted to create something for myself, for my family and for myself that I could be proud of and build legacy wealth for my family and uh I lost my job a number of years ago when the company decided to go in a different direction. <laughs> and being, you know, standing there realizing that holy smokes, my whole life is sort of tied to the whims of somebody else, you know, it really put things in perspective for me. And, you know, it changed really the trajectory of my life. And I said, never again. Um, you know, I grew up with a real deep sort of fear of money. Um, uh, you know, we were the family that was told, you know, my parents would say, you know, we're not the Rockefellers. We can't afford that. Um, and so I grew up with these like memes around money and it, it's, it's, uh, it's really led me down this path to create a safety net and long-term sort of passive income through real estate investing when I built my company and my real estate company. And that's what I do now. And I, I've basically said never again, never again will I be at the whim of somebody else. I want to create this uh, the safety net for my family that I've created. Clayton, I hope you don't mind, but let's jump right into our main topic. Uh, could you tell me, as an entrepreneur, what is the one thing that you do that you feel has been the biggest contributor to your successes so far? Focus. Discipline has been a hard thing for me, and creating that focus around the one thing. You know, there's a lot of talk about the one thing over the past few years, you know, Gary Keller's great book. But, you know... It is true. And when I was dabbling in all sorts of different sort of, I don't want to say get rich quick stuff, but just, oh, he's doing that or my friend is doing that. Let me try that or let me try this little thing. But when I got serious about real estate investing and buy and hold real estate investing and started to really, really zero in on that and cut out all distractions, then my business exploded. Passive income exploded. I was able to help so many investors get their first turnkey rental property and it all just took off. And now I'm able to just shut out all other distractions. So what were some of those distractions you had to shut off? Well, I think the thing, you know, because I, like I said, I grew up with this fear of money and fear of lack, the idea that someone could just pull the rug out from under you at any time. I, I tended toward to, to, you know, I tended to move towards things that were in the, that weren't true to my passion or weren't true to me. And they were really just focused around money and they weren't really something that I could then I could, you know, wake up in the morning and be excited about building. Um, so if a friend would suggest maybe we should try this thing, or, uh, I see my friend doing this, you know, more speeches lately. Um, like my friend Gary Vaynerchuk, you know, he'd be, he's out there doing speeches all the time. He's a close friend. I'm like, well, I do speeches. I do them once a month. Why shouldn't I do 10 a month? You know, 
well, that's not really what I want to be doing right now. And I've got a newborn in the house. And so, you know, those types of distractions, when they come, they can come and you really have to buckle down and focus to, to make sure that that doesn't happen. Yeah, shiny object syndrome is a real thing. Clayton, why did you focus on real estate uh, after trying so many things? Well, I always understood, I mean, it, it seemed like I I really, I understood real estate from, from many, many years ago that I, I never really understood the stock market, right? And this sort of intangible way in which money could just evaporate um, because of a company's whim or it just seemed to make no sense to me. With real estate investing, I understood that if I did it properly, if I bought low, rehabbed a property, placed a tenant in the property, that I would be able to create cash flow with a great high-performing, high-return-on-investment property, and I would have that cash flow for the rest of my life. And I understand that. I understand single-family homes. I grew up in one. I can touch it. I understand it. With the stock market, it's never made sense to me. And once I zeroed in on my strategy in real estate and realized that there's no better investment that you can possibly make than owning rental real estate. You know, some people argue that maybe land Owning raw land is—it's not. It's not as strong. It's not as great as uh, you know as the returns that you can create with with uh, with buy and hold real estate. So Clayton, you feel that a big part of your success uh, has been because you went after your passion. Absolutely. You know, even since I was a little kid, I, I met a friend the other day who came to the Fox Studios in New York City, and I gave him a tour, and we were in college together, and he said, you know, I'm just so proud of you. He said. You know, everyone. You know, you're the only person I know that that did what they said that we were going to do, and that something that they loved since they were a kid. So I loved television since I was a kid. You know, and I loved the medium of it, the broadcast medium of it. I loved watching David Letterman sort of break down that that wall between the audience and the and and the people at you know and at people at home. And I love that about David Letterman. And so since I was a kid, I would sneak downstairs and watch Letterman and Carson when my parents thought I was in bed and. You know, and so I, I just and I would make home videos in my basement with my buddy Mike, and so I just, you know, I went after that passion, and the same was true of creating that entrepreneurship around real estate investing. Yeah, that is an interesting topic. When we are kids, we have those ideas in our minds that if we grow up, we want to be this or that. Uh, why do you feel that people don't follow through with those things? Fear is the bottom line. We do. We're the only things we do in life are motivated either out of fear or love. And so I moved to California right after college and my buddy uh, Andy was going to move with me and he we had everything lined up. I got the apartment ready and I said, I need to move out there. I know I want to work in television. That's where I'm going. my dad said to me after college, if you know you need to go, then you got to go. Just go. So I found an apartment on the phone. You know, the it was like pre-internet days, packed up a U-Haul truck, stuck my car on the back of it. And like the two days before I was set to leave, Andy said, you know, I, I can't move yet. I'm going to move like in a month. I'm going to move in a month. And he's still living in the same city we grew up in. He never he never moved. Uh, he's never moved more than a mile away. And and he was just fearful. He was scared that he wasn't going to have money. He was scared of other things that kept him from taking action. Um, for me, I just I faced that fear. I I knew that if I just stared it down, I tell my son this. He's six years old. I say if. But what happens to fear when we run towards it? And now he knows to say, it goes away, daddy. <laughs> Interesting. Um, let's talk about um, the same topic and the worst entrepreneurial moment. Uh, maybe, it was, um, maybe it was really fearful back then as well. Do you have a story which really shaped your life when you learned from failure? I think in real estate investing particularly um, – you know, there there can be a lot of failure. There can be a lot of mistakes uh, in the beginning. Um, and I went through a foreclosure 
uh, on a property I had in Florida and I had my assets frozen. I, it was a primary residence actually that I basically had to walk away from and went through foreclosure and found out, woke up one morning to find that my, all of my bank accounts were seized, were frozen. I didn't have, I couldn't even buy a coffee. Everything was just locked up. And I just, I, it was the worst moment of my life. You know, it was all of my worst fears about money coming to reality, right? Like I have this huge fear of money from childhood. It's something I've had to really, really work on to not have a, you know, to, to think of a place of abundance instead of a place of lack in my brain. And then to wake up one morning to see my, all my bank accounts like frozen in a red and I couldn't touch them because of a, of a judgment against me in order to get like the repayment of this loan. It ended up working out after working with the lawyers and, you know, the, and, and everything. But to, to wake up and have that happen was just devastating. Um, and you know what? I sat back in my chair in my office and I just, when I looked at my screen and I just took a deep breath and I remembered something that Eckhart Tolle would talk about in his great book, The Power of Now, or his subsequent book, The New Earth. And he just, and I just was reminded of this idea that, you know, everything is okay right now. If I take a deep breath, sit back, there's nothing wrong at all. Everything is fine. I'm alive and I'll get through this. And that was a real pivotal moment for me. So I learned that if I can go through that, I can go through anything. Clayton, it was a long journey from there, but uh, let's get really specific with the audience. How did you turn things around? Well, I just well, one thing I've learned from that was you cannot bury your head in the sand. And I had been burying my head in the sand and not facing what was going to happen with this house in Florida. And it was one of those things where I just, I guess I felt like if I just kind of bury my head in the sand, things will just go away. It'll just go away. And they just never go away. So yeah. now when it comes to fearful moments like that, if I have an investor that we're working with and they've bought a property through us and, and you know, maybe there's a, there's a little bit of a hiccup in the process. Maybe, you know, there was some one, a member of our team didn't respond in an orderly fashion with an email and they wondered if, you know, what was going on, if there was some sort of customer service hiccup instead of burying my head in the sand. I go after it like I did that day, you know, which was I got on the phone with a lawyer, figured it out, went through the paperwork, got it done. And that's what I do now. When there's a problem, I pick up the phone and I call somebody and I resolve it. I don't bury my head in the sand, hide from emails and think that things are going to go away because they don't. I love that. Uh, let's go to the other end of the spectrum from the worst entrepreneurial moment. When it comes to business, what is something that is really working for you right now, Clayton? Focusing on revenue. And when you take care of your investors, when you take care of the people that are at the core of your business and not focus on things like business cards and logos and things that aren't really important, but when you focus on your core competencies, we noticed that in August of this year, as we were expanding our team, that we were experiencing some growing pains and that our that reaching out to investors or getting back to people in a timely manner, things were starting to fall through the cracks a little bit as we were growing. And so what I focused on instead of expanding and, and doing more marketing and doing those other things to drive in more leads, I sort of paused everything and said, let's just focus on our core competencies and let's focus on those people who are currently customers and let's go all out for them and really find out where some of the hiccups were in the chain linked fence and we can really hit a home run. And I also realized this summer too, that there were 
there's a there's an internet forum that uh, had sprung up from people that had nothing to do with my company. They had never purchased a property through us. They never uh, never talked to my team. They never were involved with us in any kind of capacity. And they there were people just wondering and speculating about our company. Any insight on this company? And you know, and I decided, you know what? I'm not going to swing at pitches in the dirt. I'm not going to jump in here and start defending myself and start, you know what? These people are not my core customers. Focus on my core customers who know, like, and trust us, who know that we do a great job and treat those people with great respect and go after, put my energy towards the people we currently have than the people we don't and who will never be our customers. I think that's a great point. Finding new customers is always more expensive than expanding your current network. Uh, How did things change when you uh, really shifted your focus, Clayton? Well, you know, a little ping of like, you know, negativity or thought about, oh, maybe I should be responding to these people or, you know, doing that kind of thing. People wonder, though, you respond to these people. And I have to sort of remind myself that when I'm on this path, I'd rather spend the energy focusing on people that matter in, you know, who are currently our investors, who are currently our customers, who who have purchased seven properties with us or whatever, you know, whatever that is. But we want to take care of those people not the people that are randomly speculating about stuff that they don't even know what they're talking about. And that has made all the difference. We hearing, you know, we, I just got a, I just got a, a thank you card in the mail yesterday from one of our investors saying how this experience buying a turnkey rental property with us has changed their life. They didn't think it could be this easy. And that is what it's all about to me. Those those moments where that investor says they put their trust in us that we're going to get them a really high return on investment rental property. We're going to take care of everything. So that's the rehab, the tenanting of the property with the property management team. They don't have to worry about anything except accepting a rent check. That's it. That's all they have to do. And when they find out that it's that easy, they're just blown away by it. And that's what matters to me. Clayton, I want to talk about the work ethic and uh, daily rituals. Um, if you had to pick one or two personal habits um, that really contribute to your success, uh, what are they? Keeping shiny object syndrome at bay has been huge for me. So I use I use OmniFocus on my Mac and on my iPad. And all projects get broken down into subtasks using the getting things done methodology. So GTD, for I'm sure many, many of your listeners know David Allen's GTD procedure. You know, um, to-do lists don't work because to-do lists don't explain the step-by-step sections of a process of the, pa- of the overall project. So you've got to break things down into what are the next action steps by doing it that way. I can see a project and I can take action on the one step, one step, two, step three, step four, and then I can actually see the project being completed. And that's incredibly exciting for me. Mm -hmm. I love that. Uh, Do you ever feel that you procrastinate? Uh, I am a big procrastinator. Um, my wife is the opposite. So in college, you know, she would get an assignment to write a paper and she would write it that night. I would wait three weeks until it's due and spend the, you know, two days before it's due working on it. Um, you know, it's hard. And I think there's something, I'm a big fan of Rory Vaden and his approach to, you know, procrastinating on purpose. And, you know, if you can do things, though, where you find that you're repeating these things over and over and over again, I look for ways that I can automate those tasks. I look for ways that I can um, delegate them appropriately. If I'm procrastinating on something, that's a clear sign to me that I'm not excited about it and that I perhaps shouldn't be doing it. Uh, Clayton, uh, could you tell uh, me, 
more about life and work balance. There's a lot of talk about this, and um, you've been together with your wife for a long time. Tell me, how has uh, it been that you're in a long relationship and working on a successful business on the side? Do you ever uh, face big challenges? Uh, I wouldn't say big challenges, but you know, I've got uh, two kids, and then we just had our third uh, about three, four weeks ago, and. You know, I I wanted to have that third child. My wife looked at me kind of cross-eyed when I said I did because the, the, the other ones were her decision, you know. And, and I was like, no, no, I really do. And she said she couldn't believe it. And I said, because I've when you start to see a life of abundance, you believe that you can accomplish anything. And when you think from a place of limiting beliefs, you create more limiting beliefs and limiting – you limit things in your life. So I said, no, no. I want to be able to sit in my office, my home office – and hold the baby and read a book and have a cup of coffee and, you know, sit back and watch in my office, like, you know, with baby here, just put on an episode of Star Trek, sit back with the baby. Like, and I've been able to do that with this new baby. And then I'm also able to say, okay, honey, like it's your, you know, here, take the baby and I'm going to, you know, work on the business and uh, put together some new content that we're working on or jump on a podcast interview. And so, being able to have that time where I carve it out properly in my calendar and allow that free time is incredibly important. What would you say to that one person in the audience who is really struggling with that to work and life balance? Um, and as entrepreneurs, we want to have it all. And I realized that we can't. I think the thing is, though, that people are working on the wrong things and they think they have to do everything. You know, when you're in when you're the only one in your business, right, you, if you draw up a list of everything that you're doing, uh, every mundane, meaningless thing that you think you're doing, um, put it on a list, put it on a whiteboard, even if it's like as, you know, as meaningless as you think it is, it, it's important. Write it down. So maybe you have 100 things and then put the name of the person next to the <laughs> to those tasks. So for me, for a long time, it was Clayton, 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 like all the way down the list. It was all me. And then the goal is then to section off those tasks into jobs. So I looked at all the things that I was doing from that should be done by an operations manager. They're like 10 different things that, okay, after we have a new client come in and agrees to purchase a property, why am I taking that person through the closing procedures and sending them the paperwork and all those things? That's, that needs to be hired out. And I hired, that was my first big hire, was my operations manager. It was a game changer. It freed up so much time in my day that I could then be focusing on new, bringing in new investors, talking with our current investors, and not being doing paperwork. And then, you know, the next step was to take the next 10 tasks off the whiteboard and, you know, hire those out. And when you think you can't hire them out because you don't think you have the money, you can't afford not to do it. You simply can't. Yeah, and it comes back to focus once again. Uh, I, I really like it. Uh, Clayton, let's wrap up today's talk with the topic happiness. Uh, what brings you joy and makes you happy in this life? You know, just taking walks and being with my family. I think I'm not such a materialistic person as I once was. I don't go after the, the shiny objects as I once did. And I think having that contentment where I'm able to sit and just, you know, whether it's a meditation or sit with a glass of wine and talk with my wife and sort of stare out at the trees in our backyard, you know, just realizing that enjoying the passage of time, is, as James Taylor once said, was is really what it's all about. That's the secret to happiness. Um, and that's those are the things that I enjoy. Let's end today's show with a parting piece of guidance from you and the best way to connect with you, Clayton. Well, the best way to connect with me is to head over to my website, just my last name, um, or if people want my freedom cheat sheet, which lets them figure out the best way to create financial freedom in their life. It's totally free, and you can go to claytonmorris.com slash freedom. 
Um, my parting piece of guidance, and I see this so many times with entrepreneurs, is they're chasing after money instead of chasing after passion. And oftentimes we don't want to get real with ourselves. We don't want to admit that that's what we're doing. But it's not until you have like a breakdown like I once went through where I'm sitting there like crying, like looking at myself going, what did I do? What am I doing? What am I chasing after? Stop chasing things. Get real with yourself and focus on what's what you're passionate about that you would want to get up at five in the morning, jump out of bed, come down, make a cup of coffee and get to work. That's what you should be working on. Clayton Morris, thank you so much for coming in and sharing your journey with us. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to Entrepreneur Decoded. For killer resources and free content, go to entrepreneurdecoded.com.